Black here at Spring Awakening for Illinois Entertainer and Dynasty Podcast, and I am joined here by none other than Tommy Sunshine. How are you doing, man? How's it going? I'm great. What a great day. It is a great day, man. You just performed a little bit ago. How was that? I, I got to uh, catch some of your set, but how did you feel about it? Uh, you know, I felt great. I, I, I think that very well have been, I think it very well was the best set that I've played since I moved away. Like, it, I feel like today was a little bit of a homecoming. It was really nice, and the crowd in there was insane. Yeah, everybody up for it. totally up for it. Everybody here is having a lot of fun, and you know, you definitely have a very rich history with Chicago. For anybody who doesn't know, like, kind of fill us in on. I know, but what you know, what was your history with Chicago and DJing in this city? Well, you know, it, it it goes back to even you know more than that. I, you know, I started going to the city to see a lot of shows, and I mean, I've orbited the craziest places. I was a, I was a very big frequenter of the Thirsty Whale. I probably saw every hair metal band in the world play the Thirsty Whale, and like you know, that I lived through that whole scene. I started going to Metro when I was a teenager, but around the same time that I was sleeping out for tickets to go see Guns N' Roses and rock bands, I was listening. Listening to WBMX and started going to Medusa's, which was the you know the big all ages club, and uh, and that led me to the underground parties on the South Side, and that led me to, to all of what I now do. You know, I mean, it was a, a twisted, crazy turn of events, but ended up you know very much a raver here and, and experienced the whole birth of the rave scene here in Chicago, and you know, so I, I saw house music crawl out of the shell here. I experienced the rave scene like literally from minute one, and I, I moved away in 94, so I saw a great deal of, of amazing stuff here. I mean, you really have seen it all, man, and that's very cool, and, you know, I feel like this is a generic question to ask at a festival like this, but I promise that I'm asking because of who you are. Is it crazy to see how EDM has really evolved and become this thing where we can have a huge festival here at Soldier Field versus what it has been in Chicago in the past and even in America? I mean, I mean, the last time I was at Soldier Field and walking around these grounds, I was high on acid going to see the Grateful Dead in the 90s. So, I mean, this is definitely crazy to me, you know what I mean? And to think 20 years later, like, you know, to these kids that are out there, Sonny Skrillex, he is the Grateful Dead, you know what I mean? Like, if I was 17 years old, I'd shave my head, I'd have the haircut, I'd follow Sonny everywhere, you know what I mean? He, he is, like, the new subculture for kids. And this, you know, this whole scene has evolved into something we could have never in a million years have predicted. At IMS in Ibiza, uh, the International Music Summit, they attached a number to this business for the first time. And they said that it's a $4 billion a year business. And a few weeks after they announced that, Live Nation stepped forward and put aside $1 billion for acquisitions strictly in the EDM world this year. So Donnie, Disco Donnie, who, who left Insomniac after working with Pascal and EDC, left all of that in four months, set up his own company, and four months after setting it up, sold it to Live Nation for tens of millions of dollars. 
and that that's the beginning. I think by this time next year, this Electric Zoo, Electric Daisy Carnival, the Ultra Music Festival, the Masquerade Motel, every one of these things that exist, they're going to own every single one of them because they're going to make offers that people just can't say no to. Like when when people are offering millions of dollars, I mean, how how are you supposed to say like no thanks? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is a, it's a crucial time because you know just as this is getting so incredibly mainstream, it's also going to spark like an unfathomable underground. So the music in the underground is about to get so much harder and so much crazier as a response to this. You know, there's a lot of teenage kids that don't they don't give a shit about David Guetta. In fact, that music makes them angry and wants them. It makes them go the other way. So now they're going to dig up all of the kids who are the, in the underground, and all these younger kids are going to start making music as a response to this music getting big. And I'm waiting for that because I'll play all the records. I mean, it, it's so exciting, man, and I can sense your passion in all of this, you know. So I have to ask, even though I think I'm going to, I'm going to know the answer. Is it like? Are you of the mindset that, like, it's almost too easy to get into now because everyone has Serato, everyone has a laptop, and it makes it too accessible? Or do you think it's nothing but good for the genre and the climate and the culture? I mean, you know, yes, everyone can go out and buy a laptop, and everyone can go out and buy Serato, but that doesn't teach them how to mix. And, you know, having years, decades in this culture, you know, when I step on a stage and I start to play, you know, start to play music, you hear that in the music that I play. You hear old rave stabs, and you hear, like, 90s house music references, and you hear, you know, electro clash, and you hear all these different things nodded to in an hour-long set of mine. But if you're new to this, and you don't know anything about those those genres, and if you didn't live through those times, you're not going to be able to, like, bring that to the table. You're just going to be able to read the top tens on Beatport and play the same records that everybody else plays. That doesn't really interest me very much, you know what I mean? Like, And that's just, that's doing the same thing that everybody else does, you know what I mean? It would be the same thing as, you know, going out and teaching yourself basketball and playing exactly the way that Michael Jordan did. Not that you ever could. No, I, I absolutely could not. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Wouldn't you rather learn how to do it yourself and do it with your own style and your own flair where your talent would flourish? I mean, that's what we're hoping for here. Yeah. Well, you know, if I look at your history, you know, you are somebody who has never shied away from pop music. You've done tons of great pop, you know, pop rock, kind of like pop punk remixes. Like, just out of curiosity, what are you digging in the world of, of pop, or even just in general? Like, what is rocking Tommy Sunshine's world right now? If you can believe it, I'm going home from this weekend to start work on my, the next remix I'm doing is the new Matchbox 20. <laughs> Imagine Maxbox, Maxbox 20 with the drop. Like that's that, that's what's about to happen. We're living in 2012. Clearly, that's what's about to happen to Rob Thomas. He's about to sing into the drop. No, you know, but you know, I mean, I, I I think that there's a lot of amazing popular music. I think what what Geta has done is tremendous. I think you know what you know. Really, I mean, I I really am a, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm definitely a fan. And 
I think what he's he's done is great. I think that the fun record is really amazing. I yes. think that that guy that came from Kanye's camp that like worked on the fun record, like he's going to be. He actually just worked on a, a new record. This band on Fueled by Ramen. They're called Versa Emerge, and, and they were more of like an emo band. But he he made their next record, and it's going to be tremendous. Like he's he's a talent. I mean, you know, I love the Stargate guys. Obviously, I love Dr. Luke and Max Martin. I mean, they're they're the kiss of gold. I mean, like everything they put their hands on is just it's perfectly done. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we're living in an era of amazing pop music, and now that this music is seeping its way into pop, the new pop. I mean, every top forty track sounds like it's ready for the club. That's because it is. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 genuinely crazy, and I mean to be able to 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 see to have seen this from its infancy. And watching it, you know, start out crawling to now, you know, billion-dollar deals and and, cra- and absolute mayhem. I mean, it, but th- this is, you know, it's weird. I'm a bit of a proud papa when it when it comes to it because you know I, I have lived through so many different incarnations of this, and you know I saw it almost get big when Chicago House almost got big. And I, I, I saw it in the early 90s when the rave scene was going to become, you know, the next big thing. And then at the end of the 90s with Chemical Brothers and Prodigy and Fatboy Slim and everyone thought it was going to happen then too. But now it really has. Like, this is what we were all hoping for in all those other stitches in time. And it just never locked in. But, you know, we were, we were living in a time where people got bored of hip-hop. They got bored of very stale, run-of-the-mill rock music. So much. So much that, like, Q101 is gone. Like, all these, like, rock stations are disappearing across the country. And and you know what? I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because now they're being replaced with rhythmic radio stations that are playing, you know, some sort of bizarro version of what this is, you know what I mean? Like, But, you know, I, I do really think that it's necessary for, for this to propel. Like, there's going to be such an amazing counterpoint in the underground, and there's going to be such a renaissance of amazing music that's going to be made as a response. Well, you know what? Let's talk about Tommy Sunshine, what's happening in your world. I know that you have a new project called Horsepower, I believe, yeah, correct? Bar, tell us yeah. tell us all about that and what's going on with it. Well, it's, it's me, Barbie Moore, and, and this guy, a brilliant guy from, from Amsterdam, uh, Max. He goes by the name Riptide. And the three of us all have very busy, very successful careers apart from each other, but we're very good friends. So we decided that what we were going to do is we would work on an album that lacked any kind of destination and had zero pretense. And when we started making the music, one track was a 90 beat per minute, like, Italo disco record, and the next one was 135, like, face-melting techno record. So, whatever we felt like doing, we did, and we, we've spent 20 days in the studio, scattered amongst different trips to Holland, and we have 20 tracks to show for 20 days of studio time. So I was just there for 10 days, and we had two setups. We were working on two totally different setups at the same time. So constantly 
working on this, working on this, just bouncing off ideas. And when one person hit a brick wall, then the next person would just jump in. And, you know, we're, we're, we wanted to make a, a record that showed people that you could make electronic music and not just play the copycat game and try to make, like, some big, you know, droppy electro record. Yeah, because every single record, not every single record, but, like, just walking by tents, you can almost just, like, time it. And you're like, yep, yeah, here comes the drop. Three, two. And, you know, it's, like, it's, it's not stale because it's still relatively new, but it, it is turning heading in some of a predictable direction, at least some of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately at festivals like this, the majority of the guys who play, play, they all play each other's music, you know what I mean? And it's like, and that's fine, you know what I mean? But it has turned into a bit of a boys club, you know what I mean? And it's like, you've got guys who only play records from like four or five different producers. But to a certain extent, I'm guilty of it too. You know what I mean? Like, I love to support Bart, and I love to support Disco Fries, who I work with in New York. And, you know, I, I love to play records from people who, who innovate, you know? And, and usually in any given time, there's a, you count them on usually one hand. But yeah. so, and those are the guys whose records I'm playing, you know, five, six years ago was Switch. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't get through a set of music without playing 10 Switch records, you know? Like, I, I was obsessed with his productions. But, you know, he was on some other shit that, like, nobody was. And, you know, and now he's working with Beyonce and No Doubt alongside Diplo, you know, his major laser. It's crazy. I mean, but, so there's, you know, I, I think one of the things that, that kids forget about this music is that there's a long haul involved here. Yeah. You know, that none of these guys... Someone, someone did a, a, an actual, like, perspective on Ultra and the main stage. And the only person that played the main stage at Ultra who was young in any conceivable way was Dead Mouse, who's 30. Yeah. And everybody else who, who played on that main stage was, like, in their 40s or in their 50s. Like, these are guys, the Carl Coxes, the, you know, the Oakenfolds, the, you know, the, the guys who have been around for a very long time and have plugged away at this for years and decades, you know what I mean? And I mean, I'm 41, I've been doing, I've been DJing for 20 years, been making music for 12, like... And every day it just gets better, every day there's more opportunity, and every day it just seems to be like more worth the time that's put into it, you know? But it takes a very long time, and it's a struggle. You go through a lot of lean times, you know? You you don't want to go get a job, but you have to get a job because you have to pay your bills. Like, you can't sit in front of a computer all day, every day. Like, that's a, that's a dream, you know what I mean? Like, we all would love to do that. But it takes a lot of work. And I, I think if, if kids knew how much work is involved in it, I think that would haze a lot of people out of the equation. Because I think that they think that all you have to do is download some software and get some sort of DJ program. And that's it. You just show up and you DJ. And it's and then you headline easy. Ultra. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that easy. <laughs> I mean, it's comedy. But, you know, I... 
I don't want to sound like an old fart because I'm not because I actually love the younger generation of this music in fact if it wasn't for the younger generation of this music I probably wouldn't do it anymore because I'm not interested in the older guys you know what I mean like I mean I, I, I hope that people look at the music that I make and think of it as innovative and think of it as progressing always you know what I mean that's that's something that I hope is is noticed. You know what I mean. But I, a lot of the guys do the same old thing. I mean, they they figure out a formula. They see what what people want, and then that's all they do for ten years. Is they just keep making the same song over and over again. Yeah, and people get bored of that. That'll never happen. I'll never do that. You know, really, I grew up going to see you perform in Chicago with artists like Kill Hannah. You know, I think you maybe did some Pumpkins events. You know, like talk about some of the Chicago artists like Kill Hannah that you have relationships with. You know, that was that was probably one of the most freeing and kind of free form thing that I really got to do was when I would play their shows at Metro. You know, and I, I would play. You know, at the very beginning of the night when like no, you know there was only like a few kids there, and I would set. I was there. I would set the tone at the beginning of the night by playing kind of moody, weird music, bring it up to the opener. And then would play, you know, sometimes in between multiple openers, and just would play these short, abbreviated sets of just power. And sometimes it was techno, and sometimes it was the Ramones. You know, I mean, it, it just depended on like what the night was and how the crowd was. But being able to kind of push that, and then when they were getting ready to play, being able to break like the newest dance records, like as these kids, very impressionable kids who are like, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old who may not have ever heard dance music before and playing these records like right as the band was about to play. It was really an amazing moment because I was getting to basically break these records in Chicago to kids that like, you know, I'm sure I'm responsible for some some funny rave stories. Kids that went to see Kill Hannah and ended up in some dirty warehouse like <laughs> in a cornfield in Peoria. Yeah, no, totally. And loving every minute of it but you know it, it, if, if I'm responsible for that and if it can be traced back to that it would make me very happy dude I'm not exaggerating I'm not saying this because you're sitting with me I'm doing the math in my head I feel like you were probably the first DJ I ever saw live probably at a Kill Hannah event at the Metro in high school in the 90s I mean you know it, it, it was it was very important to me you know Greg Corner who plays bass for the band the best yeah. the best who is now like turned into an amazing DJ himself like but he, he was always very adamant about, like, you know, showing new things and pushing new things. And it became, like, a real easy fit. Like, I did it once, and it, it was just, it felt so right that from then on, it just was like, well, okay, you're playing Metro. Like, I know I'm, I know I'm opening up. Like, it just worked that way, you know? And, it, and, you know, and back in those days, it was like, you know, I did it for a bar tab. You know what I mean? Like, a fistful of drink tickets and a good time, you know? Like, that was that was all it was about really you know but i mean that's why this exists the reason why we're at so not because of me by any means but the reason why like we're here is because of this city chicago is the reason why this music is what it is i mean it propelled itself into the European 
market, and it never came back until 20 years later. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It all started here. Every yeah, I mean, really. I mean, house music cracked out of and crawled out of the egg in this very city, and I got to watch it. I was pretty lucky. Well, Tommy Sunshine, man, I mean, I don't think it's hyperbole to call you a veteran and legend in the Chicago music scene and, and beyond. You really, you've been through these different movements, you've you've been a part of it, and you've kept going and evolving. And, uh, you know, I grew up going to your gigs, like at Hill Hannah shows and stuff, so I'm so glad that you took the time to talk to us on the podcast. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You know, can I, can I say just a couple of things? Yeah, absolutely, man. I, 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 it's too, it's too, twofold, really. Like the, the kids that are into this music, that are just getting into this music. I, I hope that with the vast resources that we have now with the internet, I hope that people take the time to learn that this was actually a culture. This was not a phenomenon. This was not like some it's not a trend. No, no. I mean, this this was you know twenty plus years ago. This started as something that was very subversive and. Came up from the underground and you can learn all about it there's tons of documentaries about it there's tons of writing about it like take the time and learn like there's more to this than just eating pills and freaking out to music like that that is not just what this is you know i mean there's there's much more to learn and to people that are making it and to kids that are just starting to produce Never, ever, ever listen to anybody. Don't listen to what they tell you that you should do. Don't follow trends. Don't follow what you think that you should do. Just make music from the heart and make it yours. Take all of this and do it your way. That's what I want to hear. It's what everybody wants to hear. I love it, man. I couldn't have said it any better myself and uh, really wise words that people should take with them. So thank you so much, Tommy Sunshine. No problem. Thanks a lot.